Ezekiel chapter 22, verse number 30. We're going to read two verses real quick, and we'll dive right into this. And uh, you guys got your timers going? Yeah? All right. <laughs> Ezekiel 22, verse number 30. The Bible says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, and I should not destroy it. But I found none. Therefore have I poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their hands, saith the Lord God. In chapter 22 of the book of Ezekiel, it describes the corruption of Judah, the nation of Judah. And the first 16 verses of this chapter specifically describe the bloody city of Jerusalem. And we don't have time to look at it tonight, but the Bible describes her as a city shedding blood in her midst. And uh, she makes idols which cause her to be defiled before the Lord. And there are two transgressions, that, if you study this passage, that had been brought down in the city of Jerusalem that day. And, and there was major transgressions that were taking approach, or sorry, an approach to the nation of uh, Judah. And the fact was this, that they had forsaken God. And, and we could draw a parallel, if you would, between the nation of Judah and specifically the city of Jerusalem at this point as Ezekiel's prophesying to where they had forsaken God. And we could draw that parallel even today to America. That America in and of herself, as great of a nation as she is and as godly of a nation as she is, there are times where we look at America and we can sense she has forsaken God. And here's the travesty in that statement, I thought tonight, is that we can even look within our churches of America, within the, the churches that would preach uh, messages like we just heard and, and, and be filled with pulpits, men in pulpits uh, that would preach the Word of God. They have, they have come, uh, succumbed, if you would, to the pressures of society, to the pressures of being accepted by society, and they have, instead of preaching the gospel, have watered down the gospel, Brother John. And so there's no longer the, uh, the message of the gospel, there's no longer salvation being preached. The indictment that continues here in this text, uh, God gives us, for the sake of time we won't read it, but there's a, a catalog, if you would, of sins that have been committed within nation, uh, the nation of Judah, specifically within Jerusalem. I'll give you some quick examples. In this text we find out this, the political leaders had abused their powers even to the point, even to the point of killing people so that they could have more power. The Bible tells us that there, in this text that there are children that had treated their parents with contempt. The city had shown no respect for sacred things. And look at verse number 12. Here's what the Bible says. In thee, in thee have they taken gifts to shed blood. Thou hast taken usury and increase, and thou hast greedily gained off thy neighbor by extortion, and hast forgotten me, saith the Lord God. Here's ultimately what God is saying. Listen, I'm getting to this point, and, and I'm trying to deal with Judah. Yet Judah has forgotten me, their Lord God. And I can say this tonight, I'm not trying to be mean, I'm proud to be an American, but we live in a society that has forgotten God. And the, longer, and the longer that I've been in ministry and the longer that I've had the pleasure to be in ministry, the more I'm finding that there are churches that have forgotten God. And if you spend any time traveling America and you spend any time going from place to place or you spend any time on Facebook or on YouTube and you watch churches. I, I, I watched a service this last week for a church and, and, and I could not believe what was coming through uh, with another guy, Brother John, that I graduated Bible, graduated Bible college a year behind me. And I was shocked and amazed at what I was seeing and what is being presented as the gospel and what is being presented as the word of God. Listen, tonight we've got to stand on something or we're going to fall for everything. Right. Bottom line. And I appreciate the messages that these guys preach tonight and their willingness, obviously, to preach it. But the judgment of the Lord would serve as a, as a cleansing function, if you would. Notice in our text in verse number 30. Here's what God says. We know this is Ezekiel speaking here as he's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But God is saying, And I sought for a man among them 
and should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. What a shame to think tonight that the nation of Judah, God's, God's people, God's chosen people, had become so far removed from God that when God looks for a man, a single man, to stand in the gap and to make up the hedge, the Bible tells us, the latter part of verse number 30, that God found none. God found none. Listen, we need some men that are going to stand up and stand in the gap. We need some boys that are going to stand up and stand in the gap. We need, listen, can I say this? We need some church members that are going to stand up and stand in the gap. We need some husbands and wives that are going to stand up and stand in the gap. We need some Sunday school teachers that are going to stand up and stand in the gap. We need some bus workers that are going to stand up and stand in the gap. You say, Brother Andrew, why is this so important that, that we stand in the gap? Why is this so important that we take a stand? Why is this so important, the Word of God? Well, look at verse number 31. God says this, Therefore have I poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. God is in need of some to stand in the gap. So we ask ourselves this question real quick and we'll be done. We'll finish up tonight. Why do I need to stand in the gap? I believe there's three reasons why we need to stand in the gap. Guys, there's three reasons why God wants you to stand in the gap. Number one, you're not your own. No, 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 no. We live in a society, and we was mentioned tonight in the preaching. It goes right along. We live in this society where, hey, it's your body, your choice, whatever you want to do. But can I say this on the authority of the Word of God? You are not your own. You're not your own. You say, can you prove that? Absolutely. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 19. What? Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For ye are bought with the price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 23. Ye are bought with the price. Be not ye servants of men. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Listen, tonight, God needs us to stand, to stand in the gap, to make up the hedge. Why, Brother Andrew? Why is that so important? You know why? Because you and I are not our own. If you're truly born again, you're truly saved tonight, there was a price that was paid for your salvation. There is a price that has been paid on the cross of Calvary for you to say, hey, I've got a home in heaven. Hey, I've got eternal security. Hey, I've got a relationship with Jesus Christ. No, no, we live in a society where we want all the benefits of Christianity, but we don't want to do any of the work. No, no, we want all the, we want all the blessings. We want all the praise. We want all the accolades. We want everything God can give us, but we don't want to do anything for God. Man, what a shame tonight. What a shame tonight for God to look down at Riverside Baptist Church and to say, hey, I'm looking for a man. I'm looking for a man to stand in that gap. I'm looking for a woman to stand in that gap. I'm looking for a husband and wife to stand in that gap. But I found none. And what a thought to think about tonight. Secondly, I believe not only are we to stand in the gap because we're not our own, but I believe this secondly and very strongly, we've been taught to stand in the gap. In 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2, verse number 15, the Bible tells us this, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or by epistle. Listen, I'm thankful tonight that when we come to church, like especially on a Sunday night or a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night, I'm thankful that there's going to be some preaching, amen? I'm thankful there's going to be some Bible. I think the only time I've been here for a service where there was no specific preaching, preaching per se, uh, was two years ago at Camp Testimony Night. And that was about a three and a half hour preaching service by testimony. 
testimony of everybody giving testimony of what took place at camp. But listen, I'm, I'm thankful for preaching, Brother John. I'm thankful that when I come to church, I know right away there's going to be some preaching. The Word of God is going to be open. And it doesn't matter if it's Pastor Marshall. It doesn't matter if it's Brother Mike Wolfram, Brother Rick Bailey, uh, Brother Jim Wolfram. Uh, if it's a missionary, if it's a guest speaker, it doesn't matter. Man, the Word of God is opened up, man. There's going to be some teaching. There's going to be some preaching. And I need to stand in the gap because this Bible teaches me I need to stand. I need to stand. Listen, there's, there's some young people in here tonight, adults. There's some young people that are watching what you do. Moms and dads, there's some young people in your households that are watching what you do. No, 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 no. Sunday school teachers, there's some kids that you teach in Sunday school. They're watching what you do. They're watching what you say. They're watching what you watch, what you watch on your phone or on your TV. They listen. They hear the music. They hear all those things. They're watching you. What are you teaching them? Hey, listen, we need to stand in the gap tonight because we've been taught to and then lastly, guys, this one's for you guys. Romans chapter 11, verse number 29. We need to stand in the gap because we've been called to. In Romans chapter 11, verse 29, the Bible says, For the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. They're without repentance. Listen, if God's called you tonight, there's nothing else you can do. Hey, can I say, can I, can I say this? Embarrassing. So I, I've been there, done that, tried it. It don't work. It don't work. It don't work, Brother Rick. It don't work. God's called you. God's called you to ministry. You know what you need to do? You need to sell out. You need to sell out. You need to sell out. Not worry about what everybody else thinks. Not worry about what everybody else is doing. You just need to sell out for God. Hey, listen, Riverside Baptist Church. Hey, we've been called to be different. We've been called to be peculiar. We've been called called to be separated from this world. You know what we need to do? We need to sell out. We need to say, man, can you see them preacher boys? Man, I saw them doing this and doing that. Man. And they call themselves preacher boys. Well, what about us Christians? What about us church members? Hey, listen, we want, to, we want to put the preacher and the preachers and everybody else on this high pedestal. Can I say this? Before I was a preacher, you know what I was? A born-again believer. Amen? Hey, I'm as much a church member as you are a church member. And there's, there's a distinction there that we've been called to be different. Listen, I can't stand in that gap if I'm just like the world. I can't stand in that gap and represent Christ if I'm just like the world. Not going to take place. Paul said this to the church at Philippi in Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. He said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I'm going to press forward because that's God's plan. That's what God wants me to do. Paul would charge the church at Ephesus in, in Ephesians chapter number 6, not just to put on the armor of God, but Paul said, if you read that text, he said, not just to put on the armor, but to stand. So let me ask you tonight, are you standing in the gap? No, 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 no. It's very easy to look at these young guys and go, man, they're standing in the gap, Brother Mike. Man, God can use them. Man, God, God, God wants to use them. Man, there's some good messages. It doesn't matter if it's two and a half minutes long or five minutes long. Man, there's some good messages. Man, that's, that's encouraging. That's a blessing. But tonight, are we, Riverside Baptist Church, as a church collectively, are we standing in the gap? Are we at that point where when God looks down at Riverside Baptist Church and he says, I'm searching, I'm looking for somebody to stand in this gap. Is he finding us ready, willing, and able? A.W. Tozer said it best when he said this. He said, there are circumstances when there is nothing to do but to stand up and vigorously oppose sin. To wink at iniquity for the sake of peace is not a proof of superior spirituality. It is rather a sign of reprehensible timidity which dare not oppose sin for fear of the consequences. For it will cost us heavily to stand for the right when the wrong is in the majority, which is 100% of the time. I'd rather be standing in the light than sitting in the darkness. Ezekiel said, on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I sought for a man to stand in the gap, and I found none.
I'm thankful for some young men that are willing to stand up and say, hey, I'm willing to stand in that gap. I'm willing to declare, thus saith the Lord. But tonight, let's apply it to all of us collectively as a church family. Let's take the messages we heard and apply it to us collectively as a church family. And let's think and take those messages and say, okay, God, as you look at me, God, I'm not perfect. I'm a sinner. I I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm going to fall short. I know I'm going to fail. But God, as you look at me, God, am I standing in that gap? Am I making up that hedge? Am I right where you want me to be, God? And if not, Lord, help me to find my place to make up that hedge. As we stand tonight, every head bowed, every eye closed, as we stand. Father, we thank you for tonight. Lord, we thank you for the word of God that has been preached. Lord, just what an encouragement to be able to be in your house with your people tonight. And Lord, I pray tonight that the messages that have been preached have been just that, an encouragement to God's people. Lord, I'm sure thankful for my family, my Riverside family. Lord, I'm thankful for these young men who are willing to stand behind this sacred desk. Lord, I know it's not easy. I know there's obviously nerves and Lord, uh, I could be ne- sometimes even second-guessing yourself. But Lord, I'm thankful for those that have stood and have said, hey, I, I-, I want to stand in the gap. I want to stand and make up the hedge. And Lord, I'm thankful for the men and women of Riverside Baptist Church who for years and years and years have raised their hand and said, I'm willing to stand in that gap. Lord, maybe there's a generation of young people and a generation of younger adults. Lord, they need to get a fire within their belly to stand in that gap. Lord, they need to get behind these preacher boys and get behind ministries. And, and Lord, as, as, as the world is, in a sense, crumbling around upon us, and Lord, as the world has just seemed to be more and more oppressive, Lord, that there would be some people within this congregation that would say, God, use me to stand in the gap. God, use me to make up that hedge. Lord, I pray tonight that you would move amongst us, that you would move within our church family as only you can. Lord, we love you tonight. And we're thankful for all that you do. As the piano begins to play tonight, the altars are open. Let me encourage you tonight. Are you standing in the gap? Are you standing for God? Are you standing for the Lord?